are tuned in to CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio. And today we have Dave and Brennan and Jody. We'll hear from Hank and Craig a little later. And we have a special guest today. We have editor, creator, marketer, extraordinaire, Kevin Sorokowski, the man behind the Riversdale King George Quarterly. And a new issue comes out next week. So, Kevin, welcome to Punch Radio. Thanks for that um, <clears throat> overwhelming introduction. Uh, happy to be back. I, please, folks, don't let Jody Kaysen fool you. She is pretty much as much behind everything that happens at the Riversdale King George Quarterly as this guy. There you have it. I just make it look pretty. So what is in this issue that you are particularly excited about? Well, I hate tooting my own horn, but I do like the photo essay we embarked upon around the neighborhoods of Riversdale and King George. I don't know that I made it up the hill to take any pictures of any street art in the Pleasant Hill neighborhood, although if someone was interested, St. Paul's Hospital has a wall that surrounds the front of their building that is all street art. So there's that. So we got photos. I took, I don't know, what was it, 25 or 30 photos of neighborhood stuff. And then Jody picked the finest of the fine and put them onto the cover. And there's also a follow-up piece inside on page seven, I think. Um, that- no, not anymore. <laughs> It got bumped, but that's okay. The, the photos that we did pick were awesome. And the ones that I was not able to squeeze into the issue, we will put on our Facebook page. I was just going to say we should put it on our Facebook page. That's a great idea, Kevin. You're a genius. What a great, what a great idea. Yeah. Everyone, page three, that's still there, right? The, the hot Heritage Hotspot, that's still on page three? It is. The Roxy Theater makes an appearance in all of its former glory from the 30s when it was built. And I wanted to point out, I'm pretty sure that when it was the town cinema, this little card that you put in with the promotion of Benji, pretty mm-hmm. sure I saw that at the town cinema when I was a child. Oh, it definitely. If you were alive in Saskatoon when Benji came out, for sure you saw it at the town cinema. Um, I absolutely was there as well. Most weekends, either Saturday or Sunday, my sisters and I would walk down from Caswell to the town and watch whatever. It didn't matter what they were showing. You get a double feature for sure. They would do a prize draw halfway between, and sometimes you would win something. And the guy who ran it, I forget what his name is, was the grumpiest man in the world. Like he did not want to be around children at all. And that no. was so like, and I also <laughs> saw like other good dog movies there, like the Amazing Dobermans. Like all of those were really, really. Oh my good. God! I remember the Amazing Dobermans. It's it's an, an amazing. They rob banks. Like they teach these Dobermans to rob a bank. Rob a bank. They were bank robbing Dobermans. And like um, when I was a kid in the seventies, Dobermans were like right up there with like piranha. Like, as far as dangerous animals for to be feared. Now, I think people understand Dobermans a little bit better. They have more empathy. And uh, people aren't as scared of Dobermans as they were in the 70s. But they were scared of them. Like, like, I'm not wrong about that, right? I feel like we need to have, like, an empathy for Dobermans awareness campaign or something. Like, T-shirts or mugs or something. Just 
just to make sure people are still empathetic towards them. I think so. They're, they were sorely misunderstood in the 70s. Uh, but anyways, ba back on track, the Roxy had amazing films. They, they still have amazing films. But when I was a kid, that was the place to go. Went there, saw E.T. when it opened, saw a lot of movies in that theater. Saw Star Wars there. Yeah, I saw Star Wars there. I think I saw Empire there too. And, and sad, fun note, stood up for a date in the eighth grade there. Girl was supposed to meet me out front, never showed up. Never. Nikki, you never showed up. Well, Nikki, if you're listening, it, it, I think you're probably too late to make good on that. Unless you were to like make a grand gesture of buying the Roxy, which has a ticket price on it right now of $9.95. That's thousands. And then you yeah. could gift it to, to Kevin to make up for all the heartbreak of years. It's roughly the same price as a bungalow in Toronto. So what else is happening? Well, we, I got to sit down with uh, Sandra Carey and uh, Leslie, uh, not Leslie. Yeah, Laura, sorry, Laura Herman. God, Laura Herman uh, from the Friendship Inn and did a lunch, had a lunch with them, a delicious lunch at Friendship Inn, which was actually really good. It was shepherd's pie from uh, the restaurant at the Shepherd's Scarlet. And then what else? Oh, I actually, the Curier Regis this month, the, the cryptocurrency discussion by Mark, uh, I thought was quite fascinating. As mentioned, I know nothing about cryptocurrency, so it was kind of cool to find a little bit about it and uh, seems less scary and dangerous than it used to, to me, anyway. I really like through. the conclusion of Sylvia Turncoat on page 19. Brennan. Oh, yes. Yeah. Your opus, your uh, three-episode three opus comes to a close. You want to talk a little bit about the creation of this cartoon? For sure. So this is the, the first story arc. It's uh, three stories altogether. Sylvia Turncoat is uh, a tattoo detective. So it's actually based on uh, Sylvia Turcott, who is a tattoo artist here in town. And the premise is she's a tattoo artist that by day who goes around to the neighborhood and solves... Uh, local mysteries on her off time in, in the evenings, weekends, whatever else. And originally I was going to have it, have her solve sort of like unknown mysteries around Saskatoon, kind of like Scooby-Doo, right? Or find, check out haunted houses and that type of thing. Uh, but what I'm, what I'm focusing more on now is having the stories actually taking place in the Riversdale area. So uh, you might recognize her showing up at one of your favorite restaurants or one of your favorite stores helping out the community and solving crimes. Or I might just make up some people that live in the neighborhood um, and it will take place in specific sections. But it's a way of, of just kind of having, it's like a guided tour through different parts of, of Riversdale and Saskatoon um, in kind of a creative way. And so I'm hoping to have a different one-page story uh, every month. Uh, Kyle Shorter just did the artwork for the last one. And um, I'm hoping to have some different guest stars do different artwork for me. Or just depending on what kind of arcs I do, I might have one artist do uh, maybe three or four in a row and then, and then switch it up from there. But it's just kind of a fun way of, of getting people to see different parts of Saskatoon. And like I said, based on real people. So watch, because you might be, 
You might be in the background of one of the one of our Sylvia Turncoat stories and not even know. Da, da, da. <laughs> or we'll have a contest and maybe you can put your name into a draw and we'll have you drawn in there somewhere. Ooh, I like I like it. Also, if you own a business and you would like to be the subject of said adventure and you want to sponsor that page, then that would also be awesome because we're always looking for more folks to be a part of the Riversdale King George quarterly newspaper. Um, shameless, shameless plug. Nice work. Thank you. Yeah, but it would, but a, a really fun and creative way to to advertise and keep mind would be an original story with original art and very, very personal. So it's it's very unique. It's something that you won't see every day in the yellow pages. And, and not I'm not people have the old pages anymore, but you get the idea. I'm not, and I'm not poo pooing the idea in any way. Just to be clear, the other thing I wanted to mention was tribute this quarter is uh, about a young man, Connor Milkovich, who passed away in the neighborhood, and they held a uh, fundraiser at Nestor's Bakery for him. And the $1,000 or so that Nestor's Bakery took in went to Prairie Harm Reduction for their operations budget. So, um, but we wrote something, I, I got a chance to talk to a couple of people that he knew, and he was 26-year-old, or yeah, turning 26 this year and he's gone forever and that was a sad a sad discussion with one of his very best friends so that's in there too not to put a downer on the whole party we're having but it's part of the life of the riversdale king george it is and it, it's it's an issue that affects all of us so it needs to be brought to light and we and we wanted to put some attention to it as well as like honor his memory in a nice way so thank you kevin for that interview that you did for that for those of you i mean we're talking like everybody knows what this is because oh we, yeah because this is our little world but uh in case you haven't heard before the riversdale king george quarterly is a little community newspaper it comes out quarterly this is the fourth one so we have a full year now under our belt and it's all about the neighborhood so we try to tell stories that maybe don't get attention any other way highlight businesses that are really scraping it out um, in a tough neighborhood. So um, if you haven't checked it out already, you can pick up copies at like a ton of different businesses all along 20th um, and into King George. And you can also read it digitally um, on Facebook through our Facebook page, which is just RKG Quarterly. So check that out for sure. Okay, well, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna throw things over to Craig and Hank for a bit and get their pop culture picks for the week. And then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk a little bit about what happened pop culture wise for us in the last week. So take it away, fellas. Hey everybody, this is Craig Sillifan on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM. I am joined as always by my good friend, Hank Cruz. And we're gonna talk about some stuff we've been watching and doing and that kind of thing. Uh, so. You, I know you've got a couple of things you were going to talk about uh, there, Hank. What do you, got? Uh, you know that uh, you know that Josh Gad guy. You know the voice of Olaf in uh, Let It Go, Let It Go, Frozen. There. Yep. He's in uh, a TV show. I don't know if you watched it yet. Wolf Like Me. I have, have not. You heard of it? You no, it? I'm aware of a TV on the radio song called Wolf Like Me, but that's 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 about it. So I believe it's a Peacock show, but it's on Amazon here in Canada. It's uh, Josh Gad and Isla Fisher. Um, shot in Australia, I believe, but it didn't say a, a subdued in a good way, Josh Gad, like he's toned it down. 
he is uh, like really acting in this one and struggles to raise his daughter after the loss of his wife. Then he accidentally meets Isla Fisher's character, who is also coming to terms with great loss. So there's six episodes, takes off on the dark path of grief and trauma and secrets and spoilers. Oh, I can't say anything. Oh, but it turns into a love story. Uh, but it's really a dark comedy that could have been about an hour shorter. Um, but it has uh, everything to keep everybody entertained and enough uh, twists and turns and a little intrigue in there. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I was pleasantly surprised. So I would recommend you check it out on Amazon. Don't read about it beforehand. Just watch the six episodes. They're half an hour, so it's not that long. Uh, check that out. And last night, we finished watching Raising Dion Season 2 on Netflix. Now, Season 1 was awesome, but it came out 2019, I think. And then it didn't get renewed for a while, and then it finally got renewed. But it is a uh, superhero show. I don't know if you remember me talking about this, but it's more uh, for families to watch. So my wife loves it. I love it. And the kids love it. Uh, but in the first season, it was a widowed single mom discovered that her son has superpowers, tries to figure out how to raise him. Then the crooked man showed up to try to take over the world with his evil energy. Well, season two, we all thought that evil energy had been eradicated by Dion because he's this kid superhero, right? Oh, no, it's back. I can't say anything else because it would spoil the whole thing. But it is great for the entire family. I, I love it as much as the kids. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Raising Beyond season two. Excellent. Season two. Uh, sounds interesting there. So I have got something that's not a TV show, a little bit different, but uh, I've been kind of obsessed with them. So it's a series on YouTube called Great Art Explained. Uh, and I know that you yourself are a coinsure of art, uh, having even uh, owned your own uh, gallery and stuff at one point. Uh, have you seen this series? Are you familiar with it? I have series? not. I have okay. not. Tell me about it. So uh, it actually was interesting to me because I did actually, I took art history in university uh, and I really enjoyed that class. And uh, it, it was a great class. And, you know, there was a it's, there's a lot it's it's great to know a lot of that background of of some of these great works of art because it's culture it's history all sort of rolled into you know one package but uh so this is a series on youtube and they basically you know they take a look at uh, a single work of art in each one so that could be like nighthawks or the mona lisa or uh you know the raft of the medusa by garicold uh cool. and each video is 15 minutes long and i guess uh it was made by a guy uh, in Britain, uh, I'm just looking for his name here, it's James Payne, that's his name. He's uh, an English YouTuber, but he, I guess before COVID-19, he was a European history guide for a travel company. And when travel ceased to be possible, he uh, you know, started this YouTube uh, page basically to, to, to you know, get this information out there and have some fun doing it, I assume. Uh, so he uploaded the Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci uh, on May 2020, in May 2020. And so uh, that was the first one. And each episode focuses on one piece of art and explains it. And it uses like clear and concise language. Uh, so it's sort of free of what you might call art speak. It's very approachable. Like, uh, you know, like I said, I do have some art knowledge. I wouldn't call myself, a, you know, a super in-depth snob by any means. Uh, but I really, I always, I prefer I that. I would, I would call you a snob. Yeah. Would you? Well, a snob, or yeah. maybe, but, but, you know, I still always prefer that, uh, that sort of clear uh, worded approach that, you know, anybody can come to and understand. And I think art can be a thing where people feel like they don't 
uh, have the background, uh, you know, and they feel stupid if they don't, you know, know why something significant or understand what its place is in art. Uh, so something like this is great. It's, it's educational, but also super interesting. And so he'll go into the details on like, uh, you know, Raft of the uh, Medusa is one of my, uh, actually one of my favorite works of art. And it's, uh, I've seen, you know, I, I saw it at the Louvre. It's amazing. It's giant. Uh, but it has a very interesting historical background to it, uh, you know, by ways that there was obviously when he painted it, uh, Garakult, it was like, uh, it was a criticism of, of, the, of the throne and, and, and all these sort of other current event things that were going on. Uh, and so, you know, Payne goes into not only the idea of the art and, you know, what makes it great and, and you know, even picking apart like, you know, the, the triangle shapes that you can see in the art or the, you know, you know, the difference between what happened in the art and what happened in real life because there really was a raft of the Medusa. Uh, and, and, and then also he looks at the sort of historical background and, and how it fits into art. So, uh, you know, really fascinating stuff. And you find like, like I said, they're each just 15 minutes. So you burn through them uh, uh, pretty quickly and they're super interesting. So uh, you can check that one out. It's like I said, it's called Great Art Explained and it's on uh, YouTube. And the guy's name is James Payne. So uh, really, really well done. So uh, I don't know, we got maybe another minute or two left here if you want to mention anything else that you've been uh oh, oh i'll mention some things um i started watching suspicion on uh, apple tv right there that's uh so far been a pretty good show and uh, about? uh it is a uh, trying to think of how not to spoil it um it involves terrorism and uh, being in America and England and uh, a zillion characters. The first episode was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to remember all these people. But after that, it's uh, it's action packed, uh, mysterious. It's a thriller. It's uh, yeah, it's very uh, suspicious. But it's another one, even like Wolf Like Me, I shouldn't have said anything. Like, I don't want to spoil anything. Like, it's right. good. Watch well, I'll tell you, I know you love this show. I've watched two episodes now. Uh, but, uh, my wife and I started watching the Americans after having not finally it when it was on. Uh, so I'm enjoying it so far. The first two episodes were good. I really like what they're doing with it. I think the main guy really needs to sell me because he's kind of a wiener. Uh, so, but you know, even in the second episode, he definitely like kicks a lot of butt and I like how he kind of is this master of disguise and stuff. So he's kind of growing on me, but he just oh, seemed, yeah. like too big of a wiener to be this like super spy basically. But, but that's, uh, uh that, I know that's, that's part that's of the, that's how you trick people. Yeah. Right. But uh, uh, anyway, so I'll report back on how I'm liking that one, but one uh, of my favorite shows of all time. Nice. But I didn't even know that until you told me that last week. So, uh, so that's our time for today. We're going to throw back to Jody here, but, uh, everybody has. Have a good week and we'll talk to you next week. Woo. Okay, thank you. All right, so last weekend, so after our last episode on Friday, um, two significant things happened. One, the NBA, the NBA All-Stars extravaganza weekend took place in Cleveland. It's notable because it is the 75th anniversary of the NBA. So they had a lot of big legends and they interviewed a lot of people. They did the hoopla. Most of that I just skipped over on on the uh, NBA uh, League Pass channel. Um, they also they also unveiled the uh, Kobe Bryant MVP trophy. They did, yes. Yeah. So now the MVP trophy for the All Star Game is is called the Kobe Bryant. And Vanessa was there. It was kind of touching. People were very moved. I, again, I kind of fast forwarded over most of that. But so I just want to kind of give a review 
of the weekend, a couple of things that were different this year. So instead of just doing the rookie game or the rookie sophomore game, as they've done the last couple of years, they did this kind of round robin thing where they had four teams and they were coached by a legend and they had first to 50. And then if you won, you went on and then you had first to 25 points. Oh, wow. I, I did not know. I thought it was great. It was a really good way because lots of times you just don't get an opportunity to see who these new kids are. And this was good because they had a lot of time on the floor. You got to see their moves. You kind of heard where they're from, what they're doing. So it brought into the spotlight some kids that are new. I like the race to 50. Yeah. That's like a fun way to play almost any sport. You know, maybe the NHL should be like race to five. Yeah, but then games would take like forever. <laughs> yeah, some probably would. One thing I wish they would bring back with the rookie sophomore game, which I think is the best part of All-Star Weekend a lot of a lot of years, is that I liked it when they used to wear their home team's uniform instead of all these teams having their own uniform. Um, because it's a, the whole point of it is to watch and, and find out who the young up-and-comers in the league that maybe are playing for some bad teams that you don't watch very often, who they might be. And when, when they're wearing like a Sacramento Kings jersey, then you know that's where that player is and it sticks in your head a little bit more. That's true. That still, is- still a fun contest, but I guess I got to do a little more digging to chase down all these names after I, after I get wowed. True. Okay, so that's that. The skill competition is a little bit different. They're doing it with like teams of three, which was kind of interesting. So they had like a Cleveland trio They had uh, Giannis and his brother's trio, and they had a rookie trio. So that was kind of interesting and cool. The slam dunk competition was terrible. It was dull. It was too long. Their uh, percentile of actually making their dunks was about 30%. That's terrible. Yeah. You just had to wait around for them to do something, which they could not do. And nothing inventive, nothing exciting, nothing new. Some years you get excited and you get to see all these spectacular dunks and somebody shows you something you never saw before. There was none of that this year. The great dunk contests are so good that this is the kind of garbage we're willing to put up with while we're waiting for the next good one to happen. We're waiting for the next one. It'll be, but every four or five years, there's a really memorable one. Yeah. Do either of you, Brennan, do you have a favorite dunk that you can remember from back in the day? Well, I really got into basketball when it was the beginning of the legendary LA Lakers that had Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus the Detroit Pistons. Um, I love that conference and that's what really got me into basketball. And I can't help and think of the slam dunk contest except for 1988, where it was Michael Jordan beating Dominic Wilkins um, with the infamous slam from the three-point line. Um, <clears throat> a little bit contested if you actually like flew from the three-point line or, or ran up to it, doesn't much matter. That was the dunk that put that image on all the Michael Jordan hats and shoes and t-shirts and everything else. That being said, I never liked Michael Jordan because I was a Lakers and Pistons fan and the fact that the Bulls took Dennis Rodman away from the Pistons and made him a Chicago Bull, that really upset me and so I just, I, 
I can't like Michael Jordan. I'm sorry. But in my mind, that time, just for whatever reason, the dunk contests were so much more exciting. And maybe it was partly because it was new, maybe because athleticism was changing in ways that we hadn't really seen before. But it was super impressive. And I think you're right. It's it's watching him some of them now, um, whether they spend less time on it or they can't think of new dunks or what it is, but it definitely doesn't have the excitement that it did back back in my day. Um, you know, we'll, we'll sure get doesn't. there again. I feel confident that we will get there again. Nothing about Steph Curry putting up. Oh yeah, seventeen three pointers. Yeah, we didn't actually mention the game. <laughs> he killed it. Yeah, that of course, nobody was nobody was defending him, but okay. We have like one minute left, so I want to just mention the Friday find for this week is Ween. So Ween did three shows last weekend on February 18th, 19th, and 20th at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York. Each show over two and a half hours of absolute Ween gold. They streamed it, and now those are available to watch on YouTube. And they're awesome. These guys are so on point. They're playing tight. The songs are great. The crowd is into it. So if you want a delight, a real treat, Go to YouTube and watch all three. It's it'll be better than the the Beatles thing, and that's like nine hours of music. I think you'll enjoy this more. If you have a job where you can listen to music while you're working, this is like eight and a half hours a week. Perfect like work day. Just like I mean, it's more important to listen to it than it is to watch it. It's a yes. fun concert to watch from what we've seen so far. Um, but really you could just kind of have it on in the background. If they made these into like an album, I would buy it. Absolutely. It would be amazing. All right. That wraps up our episode for another week. You know where to find us here on Fridays on CFCR 90.5 FM. And in the meantime, keep your dukes up. Jamie came back from the stand Smiling With the writing of a Kafka in hand And a bunny Slipping and sliding, you feel yourself asking why would you want me to try? Squeezing your wrist and she's pulling you closer down where the devils are dying with laughter and led to a place where there's no form of pleasure. She blows you a kiss from her lips. She's your baby.
就。